Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church. We are located in Evansville, Indiana. It's great to have you here with me for a Monday, November 21st, 2022. This is edition number 35 of season six of the Morning Devotional. Just to let you know where I'm heading as soon as we finish with the book of Exodus, I will turn immediately to the book of Joshua. We work our way through it in much the same manner in which we have done the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus. And so that'll begin um, on November 29th. We will begin season seven and look at the book of Joshua. But this morning we come to Exodus chapter 35. Let's pray first and then we'll consider this chapter together. Our God in heaven, as we come now to your word and we come to the continuation of the tabernacle in which you dwelled with your you dwelt with your people and where there was the very throne of your throne on earth in the holy of holies as we consider these matters once again as we consider the construction of it and the way in which you providentially worked to ensure that it would come to pass we pray that we would see something of your glory we would uh, be uh, stand in awe of your goodness and kindness to us. We pray that your word would, would teach us that it would illumine our minds, and we pray this for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we come to Exodus chapter 35. We now resume uh, the matters related to the tabernacle that has been interrupted ever since Exodus 32. Now, just by way of review, um, Moses was on the mountain of God. He was receiving the uh, instructions for the building of the tabernacle. And that began all the way back, um, beginning with Exodus 25, and it ran up through Exodus 31. And then we had that tragic event of Exodus 32 and the Golden Calf experience, and we talked about all the matters related to uh, the issue, uh, uh, including the idea of worshiping, an idol, but not merely worshiping, but also in making it. Now, I just want to say a few words about that before we look more deeply into the chapter for this morning. Some have questioned the issue of uh, of making idols, having images of Christ, having any images of the Godhead, period. And this has been debated, I, I guess, for quite some time now throughout the history of the church. And usually it, the argument stems around the concept of worship. Except the command in, in Exodus 20 doesn't merely regard it as a matter of worship. It also speaks to the making of the idol. And that is simply there in its plain reading. However, if the last verse of Exodus 32 doesn't convince you, God was angry with the people for making the golden calf... If we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4, and beginning with verse 15, we read there, Therefore watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form. And that's the key issue here. You saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. And it goes on. Now notice here in verse 15, you saw no form. Verse 16, beware lest you act corruptly. In other words, you sin by making 
a carved image for yourselves. By having an image, a form, a form that they did not witness or see at the mountain at Mount Horeb, now they are making, uh, they are pro- prohibited from making a form of a member of the Godhead. That is to say, Jehovah himself, Father, Son, or Spirit. Now, it boggles my mind to this day that people can, will insist that it is okay to make representations of any member of the Godhead. I don't know how the Word of God could be more plainly, obviously, clear in these matters. Now, I barely editorialize that I'm simply reading the texts of the Bible. And so, it's really incumbent upon God's people who want to make images of Christ, that it's incumbent upon them to, to make the argument. Now, frankly, I think the burden of proof is on them to say that it is, it is lawful and therefore not sinful to have any member of the Godhead represented in some form. And so, I wanted to get that in. I want to say that because we have just come out of the wake of Exodus 32. We have come through the matters of Exodus 33 and the, the dreadful situation that went right on into Exodus 34 and God restoring His covenant to the people and forgiving them for their dreadful behavior, not only worshiping the golden calf, but making it in the first place. All right, so we come to Exodus 35. Exodus 35 really has three sections in it as we continue now the issues related to the tabernacle and now the actual construction of it. Some of this is going to be repetitive from what we've already seen, but first we note in the first three verses the regulations regarding the Sabbath. That is to say that the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. Now, it's important to remember the context here. Whoever does any work on it, what work? The work of constructing the tabernacle. Even in this event, God holds the people accountable to honoring His holy day and and refraining from doing any work on it. They are to be holy. So He reminds them of this responsibility regarding the Sabbath. Afterwards, we have the reiteration of the contributions that are given for the tabernacle, that is to say the people of God give, and they give out of abundance. We'll see that in chapter 36. Uh, But they give out of abundance for the work of the Lord in the building of the tabernacle. We see that in verses 4 through 29. Now this, of course, applies to us today as we, as God's people, recognize that the church the church where you attend, where you go and worship, uh, has bills to pay. And you should never come to God's worship empty-handed. You should come with an offering. You should come with something to bring to Him. And here the people do that. They give out of their abundance that they might, um, it might be used for the building of the tabernacle. And then finally, in the last few verses of the chapter, we note in verse, beginning with verse 30 all the way through the end of the chapter, how God then provides these two men, um, Beziel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, the tribe of Judah, um, and Holiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. These two people are equipped of the Lord to perform the work necessary to construct the tabernacle. So God does not only ordain and order the building of the tabernacle, He provides the means by moving in the hearts of people to give And he also provides the means of skilled craftsmen to perform the work. 
Now, God does that in the church today, of course. He provides to the church elders and deacons, pastors that might perform the labors of the ministry for the good of the people. And this is precisely what's going on here. God first sets them apart by, their, by the command to keep the seventh day, the Sabbath day, holy. He then moves in them to give and to give abundantly. And then he provides also the means to construct it. All of this God does for the church today. He provides for us in abundance that we might be blessed with his presence, especially on the Lord's Day. And so when you look at this chapter from that perspective, if you look at it from the perspective of the Lord's Day, which is the public worship of God, we see the two aspects that God uses to provide for the people here in this chapter. You have the giving by which the means of having a building and having heat and electric and all of the bills that are necessary to be paid are accomplished, as well as the providing of the men to do the work of the ministry and leading the people in public worship. That all happens on the Lord's Day. And so here in this chapter, we see how God reminds the people of the importance of the Sabbath and how he shows forth his faithfulness uh, to give to them the things necessary that these things might be accomplished. God does that for you and me today. We ought not uh, take these things lightly. We ought to not take them for granted. We should be very mindful of God's blessings to his church. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. I, uh, if you have any follow-up questions or comments, you can leave me a note. I, um, I do the best I can to respond um, to each one, but the way to contact me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Tuesday edition, when we look at chapter 36, may the Lord bless you today and may you serve him. God bless.